we have a around New York uh, next month. Um, this one we're going cl clockwise instead of counterclockwise. Um, oh, around Manhattan. That's yeah, around Manhattan. Oh. Yeah, so the, the counterclockwise is you get better currents when we're going the other way. Um, and then we're doing a marathon swim in D.C. Uh, in the Potomac. It's about 20 miles from Chain Bridge to Mount Vernon. So we're doing that D.C. marathon swim. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We've got Dr. John Mullen and coming fresh off or a few days off of an epic adventure. I don't know how you guys were able to hang out as brothers for that long, that close. But what a what a life achievement. Uh, John and Joe Zemitis, thanks for joining us. The Swim Brothers, welcome to Social Kick. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, guys, wow. Uh, just to, I'll give a quick recap and then we'll get into the details. But you guys embarked on uh, quite quite an event to swim across the country. I think a lot of us as swimmers in the U.S. grew up with a swimathon, and you guys took on the ultimate swimathon with uh, swimming a 10k in every state across the U.S. And the goal is to do it in in 30 days, and you finished in in 25 days. Uh, unbelievable achievement, uh, fresh off of uh, the experience together with a clean shave after the rally beards. Uh, John and Joe, what, what's your reaction? Just um, how did it go? And um, what are your initial thoughts post-swim? Well, I think the initial thought is just kind of this combination of relief and disbelief. You know, I mean, it's it was a great adventure. It was really exciting and something that we planned for about three years to just kind of all come together and, you know, turn out with as much that could have gone wrong that didn't. And we got through it all was, was kind of a miracle in itself. So it was kind of a relief to be done. Um, and just also kind of disbelief to look back and be like, wow, that's something that actually happened. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a a good experience um you know the weather the being able to get it done in the 25 days it was mostly i think due to the weather um we expected you know on the you know east coast and and in the south to have uh more weather issues than we did um i think we only had one one swim got uh stopped in the middle because of lightning and then i think we had two two swims that were late starts um because of weather but other than that it, it went really really well so yeah you mentioned planning for three years or that's when maybe the idea came about could you talk more about which one of you came up with the thought how you guys pinged it off each other and maybe how it evolved over that time to come into fruition okay yeah i'll answer that um john and i have very different skill sets as uh, when it comes to the swimming I'm, I'm more the planner and he's he's more the one that can really make it happen he's the one that can acquire the boat and build the boat and do like a lot of those kind of logistics and um you know when we were it was really kind of pre-pandemic that the seed got planted and then when the pandemic was really hit and we were kind of you know just stuck and all the plans of swims we did kind of fell apart we had a chance to really say okay if we could do anything what would it be and um, that's when, I mean, the logistics were even harder than people think, because it wasn't just swimming a 10K, like you can't go find a pool. This was all open water and it was open water all according to the Marathon Swim Federation guidelines, because these are all going to be ratified by MSF and their documentation procedures are pretty strict. So it has to be 
a 10K along a natural route that's repeatable. So you can't use a buoy. You can't say, oh, my GPS says I swam out three miles and turn around and come back. So you have to either go from like a boat ramp to another boat ramp one way, or you have to like turn around an island or a bridge or some natural route so people can take the documentation we provide and exactly replicate our swim if they wanted to. So we're really transparent of the types of swims we were doing and the routes, but it's actually way harder than people think it was because there's not a lot of lakes that are big enough to do this kind of swim in. And as we learned as we were going, I, I didn't know there were so many private docks in the country, right? Like <laughs> on Google Earth, you can't tell that this is like, oh, yeah, a public yeah. dock, you know? <laughs> like we roll in an RRV and people are like, what are you doing? Get out of here. So get uh, off my yard. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. Exactly. So, so we had to, you know, again, it was this combination of like an intricate detailed plan and then the ability to get there and redraw a route in 15 minutes that met all the specifications because we can't use this dock or this dock is already closed for the day or just whatever, you know, I mean, it was a lot of have the plan, but then have the ability to adapt and adjust as we go. Now, did you guys have a local crew in each spot? It, it seemed like you had a, a boat and a, and a crew that was with you in, in most of these cases. What was, what was that like? Uh, no, so we we pretty much well we had we had basic we had a crew of three that basically traveled with us. Um, so we pretty much every you know and, and we had the we had an, a large inflatable boat with a five horsepower motor that we had on the we built a, a rack for the back of the RV that we would deflate, roll up, put on the back of the RV get to the next one, you know, reinflate it, put the motor on, um, you know, so that, that part took about, you know, probably 20 minutes to each, each time to, to, to set up and take down each way. Um, you know, so like, meaning to, to BYOB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that was the whole, you know, that was, a, that was kind of a, a, a process and, and it was, you know, it was, you know, again, finding, finding places that like, you know, we were in uh, New Hampshire and there was like, you know, beautiful, like, you know, beach with like, you know, parking and it was like a public beach, but it, apparently it's a public beach only to the residents, you know? <laughs> so we, we, we pull up there at like, you know, I think we were there at like six o'clock in the morning, we start setting up and like, you know, nobody's there. And then this guy, this older guy comes out and is like, you have to get out of here. You know, it's, you know, private beach and, you know, for the residents only. And so we ended up having to go across the street, thankfully, to uh, there was a boatyard um, that had been there since I think 19, like 41 or something like that. And those people are like, oh, yeah, come on, you know, put your boat in here. It's great. You know, so it was, um, you know, so that lots of challenges like that, you know, were, you know, um, and then obviously there was a couple of public beaches or private places that we went that, people were gracious, you know, we explain what we're doing and people are like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, cause in Montana we were having trouble finding a place to get out. And, uh, one of our crew that our, our guy that was with the RV was just driving down like a private road and was like, and there was a big, huge family gathering. Um, and, uh, he's like, Hey, is it possible that these guys can get out here? Um, <laughs> uh, 
and uh yeah so they're like oh yeah that's great and that you know they took us out you know they helped us get our boat out and everything and they had just finished up dinner and they're like oh here's plates of food oh nice you know so. meeting people from all across the country was awesome and you know as far as how the crew worked we had uh some people that we knew in each location that would help out for the day but we had a crew of three that each came out for a week um so we kind of had this plan figured you know a week was a good amount of time that they could learn it but not get so sick of us or so tired that they couldn't continue but we would have two people on the boat at all times one to pilot the boat and then one that would act as the marathon swim federation observer that keeps a detailed log of the swim and make sure all the rules are followed and then we would have a third person back with the rv to because we didn't always start and finish at the same place so they'd reposition the rv or maybe they'd go out and get food or they'd you know, just, you know, it was this team of three that we switched out each week so that, um, you know, they could, you know, it's, a, it's hard enough to ask people to give up a week to come along on your adventure. Three weeks would have been a bridge too far. So it actually worked out really well. We had a great crew and it was uh, just a lot of fun hanging out with people, you know, from our past that we reconnected with, old coaches, former swimmers of mine that I've coached and just longtime friends. So it was a that really added to the experience. Yeah, more into the logistics. I know when I try to do some open water swim, especially in an area I don't know, I you know try to start looking up, all right, where's a body of water? Then it's like, okay, can you actually swim in this? Is there somewhere to get in? All these things. So obviously you mentioned a lot of the logistical stuff like on site when you got there with the docking, but how about even back into the planning process of figuring out, okay, this is this looks like a possible place. How can we figure out what the water's like, and is this doable? Yeah, so what I did when I started planning is, first of all, I'm looking for bodies of water, ideally closer to state borders, you know, so we're, you know, trying to minimize the travel uh, that are big enough uh, to be able to do the swim. Sure. And then, you know, you Google, can you swim in whatever body of water? I remember doing one in Florida. Can I swim in this lake? And they're like, nope, alligators. So I was like, okay, I'll scratch that one off. I think we'll drive further along to the coast. I'm good with that extra drive to not hit that convenient lake with gators in it. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you just uh, pretty much all that information was there, you know, with a quick Google search. Some of them were saying, no, you can't swim in the reservoirs in Massachusetts, but you can in Colorado, you know, so... You just Google, can you swim in the whatever reservoir? And uh, it, it'll tell you right away. Um, so it was finding, you know, again, like um, finding the bodies of water that would work for a swim that are big enough to plan the kind of route we needed. And then it was like a connect the dots puzzle about how to put the travel route together and then plan out what we were going to do each day. Did you have any instances where the plan just totally fell apart, where you showed up to a place and the like body of water, you couldn't swim in it. It's just like, you had to scrap it for the day. Somebody got sick or hurt. Like what, what was the worst? Well, the worst was our first chance at Colorado. John, what you tell about that? Yeah. So, so uh, what was that? What it was the John Martin's reservoir in Colorado. So initially we were going to go to horse tooth reservoir, which has a pretty, famous open water swim. And then I got creative and thought, wait, if we did this other reservoir that looks great on Google Earth, we can cut off like four hours of drive time and save, you know, maybe be able to finish half a day early. We were right at the end here. So we rolled into John Martin's reservoir about 10 o'clock at night to do a night swim. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, like Jeff said, we rolled in at, uh, at night, so it's dark. So we're putting the boat together. We, we get in and we're swimming 
we swum for probably an hour and a half and we're, we're looking for these islands and we, we can't find these islands because the, the reservoir had, was, was too low. And so these islands aren't islands anymore. And then we're like, okay, we're in the water. We're talking to our crew, like, okay, what other landmark can we go around? That's going to like work from these routes. And they're like, well, there's a railroad bridge in it, but it's like, you know, it would end up being, a, you know, like an eight mile swim total. And we're like, well, kind of at this point, we're in the middle of this, like, we just need to get it done. And so we start going towards this bridge and then the water starts getting really shallow and then like really shallow and then like really, really shallow. And it's like, just like a, probably like a foot of like mud. And then like the boat just stops in the mud because it's so shallow. And so we stand up and it's like knee deep in mud and we're like, all right, well, we'll try to like, maybe this is just a low spot that we can't really see. We'll try to like walk and, so needless to say, we're like, we end up walking and we end up like getting like past your knee deep in mud. And then we're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And we've probably gone like, it's hard to tell, but we've probably gone two or 300 yards. And now you got to like track back in the mud to the boat. It, it was a, <laughs> it was a complete and total disaster, you know, in the middle of the, you know, it's like, if by this time it's like one o'clock in the morning, you know, you're just covered in mud and we end up finally making it back to the boat and then like getting back to water where we could use the boat again. Um, and then it was, okay, now we have to like redo the plan, refigure out Colorado. Um, although it was kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise because like we weren't necessarily looking at lake level, but you know, cause we were, you know, just in the South and back East where it's, you know, water shortage isn't an issue. And now we're in the, you know, the Southwest where, you know, reservoirs are low. And, uh, you know, so then our New Mexico swim, we, we, we like lake level and they're like, basically it's empty. <laughs> but, and it's one of those where you read about the water shortage in the West and you hear about it living in Arizona. We hear about this, but I was like, when you see it, you're like, Oh my gosh, this reservoir that had 10 miles of water, you know, just huge is nothing. And, and like John was saying, we're, we're slogging through this mud. And I mean, I felt like I was in a Vietnam war movie, you know, going through these chest deep reeds and I'm thinking that, you know, we're still in the water, you know, water up to our like ankles, knees, thinking there's going to be water on this other side. Finally, you get out and I mean, we had a full moon, right? So you could kind of see, you got these wolves howling in the background. Oh, yeah, we're like stuck out here. I was thinking, I'm going to die out here. We finally get back to the boat and it was like the twilight zone. These fish are jumping all around oh, us yeah. as we're going back. One of the fish lands in the boat and is flopping around. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and again, there's nobody within miles of us. This place is deserted. You feel at once like you're the only person on earth, but also you're going to die out here and stuck in the mud. And it was, you know, and that was the frustrating thing is, you know, four, three hours into this, we're thinking, this swim's not going to count. Like I want to just snap my fingers and be back in the RV and move on to the next one. But, uh, you know, it was a slog through the mud to get back there. But, you know, again, it was one of those things that was less, almost a, only a week or so ago that yeah. just yeah. wanted to make you tell your hair out at the, at the time, but makes for a good story now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and that was, I mean, that was swim 47. So we, we were getting close. I mean, we were getting really close to the end and you're just like, you know, Oh my gosh. And all of them have gone so well at the, to that point. 
is there is there a time uh you know during this whole experience where you know i think there's there's a real thing about the gravitational pull of the finish line so so maybe toward the end you're going okay we're in it and we're accelerating and we're going but i mean there had to have been moments too where you guys are questioning what in the hell you're doing and at odds with each other were you always on the same page and did you have some low moments where you're going uh you know maybe Joe wants to to go and and push on and get this uh, get to this next destination and and John you're like uh uh-uh, uh not happening today I'm not into it <laughs> I mean it, it not necessarily like you know where where Joe wanted to go or I wanted to go and we're like no let's wait um, you know I had some you know uh, I guess lo- lower moments on the it took it seemed to, like to get from like maybe like eighteen you swim eighteen to like over the hump to swim number 25 seemed to take a long time. Like we would, it seemed like we would never get there. Um, you know, kind of once we did that and then we, when we, you know, and then we changed out the crew the, to the last crew and we had 19 swims less. Once we got that last crew, it seemed, the swim seemed to like, just drop like flies. I mean, they, they seemed to like, just, you know, boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, so that, I mean, for me, it was like, kind of like trying to get to that halfway point you know, seemed like, you know, a, a slog, like, are we actually going to get there? I'll kind of go the other direction with that. I think my low point, I can pinpoint it because we had done um, three swims the day before we were uh, started a swim at four thirty in the morning in Rhode Island then a midday swim in Massachusetts and then finished up in the dark in Connecticut. And uh, then we drove overnight and I don't remember. I was sleeping pretty well on this trip in an RV because when you're tired enough, you can sleep anywhere. <laughs> but I don't remember where what I was dreaming or where I thought I was. But I didn't think I was in a parking lot in New Jersey when I woke up ready to do swim number 27. And I was like, oh, we got 24 more of these left. So, I mean, that was to me one of the uh, one of the low points of like, man, I, I we're not we're barely halfway. But for me, every time we got back in the water, I felt better. I mean, it was always such a relief to start a swim, just to be able to have all the logistics of it done and to be in the water. And at least you're like, okay, now I can just swim for the next three hours. Uh, That was a big moment of relief every swim. And then the second moment of relief after every swim was like when we were in the RV driving away, right? Everything packed up and and ready to move on to the next place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, There were a lot of mornings when we woke up where it was like where you wake up for a morning practice and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, but once once you get, to, you know, what like, you know, like morning practice, once you get in the water and you're moving, like you're like, okay, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, I'm glad I got up. You know, um, because a, a lot of time, I mean, a lot of these swims, especially towards the end, um, you know, it was basically swim, you know, get in the RV, go to the next swim, and you were getting three to four hours between swims and you're just basically eating and sleeping um you know so it was you know but but yeah i mean it was it was a, definitely a, a challenge to uh, on, on some of those yeah to, to follow up on that like you said the, the frequency of the swims obviously the volume of the swims was a lot for you know a club swimmer or whoever and you guys have a you know a, a great swimming background in college and things like that but what type of training were you guys doing in preparation leading up to it um, I train a lot. I was um, probably getting in about 50,000 a week since mm-hmm. January. Um, you know, we've been at this for a number of years, so it's just kind of that cumulative training. 
Yeah. Some of the swims we've done. I mean, we've swum the English Channel and we swum Catalina and Manhattan. We've swum together through Loch Ness and the North Channel across Monterey Bay. Done 10 different Hawaii Channel swims, swum the Strait of Gibraltar. I mean, that, you know, just a small sampling of what we've done. So I feel like we're always kind of in shape for it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was since the beginning of the year trying to hit 100 miles a month in the water was kind of that, that round number I wanted in my head. Uh, and I think back to where we were swimming in high school and it, and, and that's why I thought I'm like, man, we can do this. I mean, 10,000 in the morning, 10,000 at night, you know, when we were swimming distance in the nineties, Tuesday, you know, I mean, <laughs> that was like just a normal day. I mean, so it was just stringing a bunch of those together. So, um, I, with my training, you know, I try to swim about, you know, eight to 10,000, five to six days a week. And I did like 95% of my training pulled, pulling with paddles. First, because I like doing that. And second, you don't kick a lot when you're swimming marathon. And just that you built it up for years to be able to use paddles that much. And I felt that really helped me with shoulder strength and stability and made swimming without them for three hours seem easy after I've, you know, hammered for two hours a day with them on. So John can talk to you about his training plan. Yeah. yeah. So, so mine was, um, I'd say, pretty much the opposite of Joe's. Um, I did... I, I probably got maybe about 10,000 a weekend for the, the like six to eight wow. weeks leading up to it. Wow. Um, but, but that's, that's, that's kind of par for the course on all of the open water swims that we've done is I really don't train for them like swimming wise and I'll just get in and, and, and knock them out. Um, so I was, I, I was, I was a little worried. Um, but I, I knew that once we finished, like, once we got to the RV part, I knew I would be fine, you know, because we were already gotten, uh, you know, four four swims in and, like, you know, two and a half days or whatever it was, or two days. Um, you know, so, but, and I'm like, oh, they're only 10,000, It's you know, and then we get a break. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked out well for me. Um, you know, but like, like I said, we've done, you know, we've done you know, a lot of long, much longer swims that I haven't really trained for at all. Just relying on my past, my past training and, you know, kind of like, ah, oh, it's, it's like riding a bike, you know, you never forget. Man. Uh, well, first of all, I don't our, recommend that training style though, for most people. Yeah. Couch to marathon swimming doesn't <laughs> really sound like something many people can do. I like 10,000. I heard like we can gloss over 10 K a day. That is 10,000 in, in pool swimmer terms. And like K, K's we think about, you know, open water swimming, but a pool swimmer, 10,000, that is Christmas training material. And Dr. John and I were both sprinters. So to think about doing 10,000 a day is bringing up memories that I have, you know, buried deep in my past um, for you guys to do that, not only once a day, but did I read that? A lot of, I mean, for you to finish it in 25 days, you're doing this twice a day. And was there a day that you also did three swims a day? Uh, yeah, we had three days of triples because um, we started like the flight part of it. Like we started in Hawaii, then flew to Alaska. Then we flew to um, Reno and did both sides of Lake Tahoe, two different routes on the Nevada and California side. So, you know, so the first three days when we got in four swims because of the travel. And then the one day, John said, when we got... Um, uh, the weather in Minnesota that knocked us out. So we had three days of.
Uh oh. Yep, lost him. All right, that's at like twenty three ten. I'll make a little note of it so Luke can maybe cut it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Sorry, yeah, guys. And, just just then, cut out for a quick second. We'll we'll edit that part out, but we lost right. you for for a minute. And and then we had uh, we had one day where we did we ended up doing four swims in like twenty six hours. Um, and that was although we did that was right after our flat tire that it took them thirteen hours to come change it on the RV. <laughs> um which was really frustrating um but then we had we, we did we basically drove up and swam to like four different swims um i love how nonchalant you guys are <laughs> and you had to deal with the boat and you had to sleep in an rv it's just like oh yeah one day we did four you know all those <laughs> you know I, yeah, just the, yeah. the swimmer mindset i think is just uh burned in each of your brains it uh it amazes me yeah, I mean, well, you know, once you once you start knocking them out, you know, it, it seems to it seems to get a little bit easier, um, you know. And then, you know, to me, open water swimming is much easier than pool swimming, um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like training in the pool, just because it's like you know, you go for for long distance swimming to get a you know, you have to do a lot of yardage, and for me, just swimming back and forth in a pool is it's super difficult because once you stop, you're like, oh. You know, I think yeah. I've gone far enough today. Uh, you know, with, with the open water swimming, you can kind of like, you know, shut down a little bit like mentally and, and kind of like zone out and just keep swimming. And, you know, next thing you know, you're there. I got to ask about like ways to get through the swim because Dr. John is notorious for swimming, even the pool workouts with music on now. <laughs> Because he just can't. mode has has begun. <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's channeling his inner millennial with no attention span. So, what do, are you guys just swimming in silence? Like, what you got songs in your head? Are you chatting? Taking taking food breaks? Give us like, what's it like during each swim? How do you not get bored? I think you know, with open water, each swim's different. I mean, that's why I think was fun, and this was the whole idea of the swim is just to see the whole country through goggles. I mean, if you've been to swim meets, you know, you, you travel for a meet and you see the inside of the hotel room in the pool. And it didn't matter whether you were in, you know, Paris or Peoria, like it's the same experience. And to be out there and like swimming through the country and seeing like everything from Yale Lake, which had, you know, beautiful tree lined places and swimming towards a snow capped volcano to, you know, Michigan, where you're seeing these multi-million dollar mansions, you know, with every breath on one side to you know, kind of some of the desolate, you know, places in Kansas or Nebraska. I mean, it was all beautiful in their own way. So I think part of it was just, you know, unwinding from the train, you know, getting out there and, and swimming through the country and really appreciating our surroundings. And yeah, I mean, you got that soundtrack and on your head, or for me, I was like really thinking back through each one of the swims, kind of replaying them, you know, for like five minutes each to kind of, you know, a couple ways just to, just to, you know, kind of, remember what each swim was like and so they didn't get lost in some big blur and also to kind of realize that no matter how challenging it is right now in this swim in this moment you know tomorrow two days from now this will just be a scene i replay for five minutes in my head on the next one you know i'm just time passes i'm going to get through this and get to the next one so that's kind of what was going through my mind when i was uh swimming yeah i mean it's for, for me uh you know i'm able to like kind of almost turn off my mind and not really think about a whole lot. Um, 
Joe tells me there's not a whole lot in there to, to begin with, but, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, you know, so, or you're thinking about, you know, different stuff and, you know, but when you, when you get out, you're just like, what was I thinking about again? Like, you know, what was, what was that? You know, so that, that's for me. And were you guys mainly using the boat as the navigation and siding or were, how much navigating were you two actually doing in the water? So the boat, the boat's the navigation. So yeah, okay. what they, you know, that's the job of the, the pilot. You know, we had some really good guys, you know, on the, um, on the boat. So that we would just essentially follow the boat. I mean, it's one thing to kind of look up and have an idea of where you're going, but your perspective isn't always great from the water. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as far as marathon swimming, kind of the, the mantra is just, just follow the boat, man. Just yep, follow yep. The boat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's. They uh, only got us lost once. So, I mean, they did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. 10 mile detour. These guys yeah, will be yeah, all right. Yeah, Not a big deal. Come a gel, they'll make it. And, yeah, the six mile swim turned into almost nine, but you know, that's all right. We got through it. All right. I want to talk about gear choices because I I love the goggles that I wear in the pool, but um growing up wearing Swedes and now I wear kind of a version of those, I end up clearing out my goggles a lot. And as I've gotten into open water swimming, I noticed that my, my gear choices may be a little bit different when I'm going to do extended long swims. So I'm just curious, like you've not only trained for it, well, I guess Joe trained for it, John, <laughs> but um, having finished this, like what gear choices were your go-tos? What, what do you have like info for open water swimmers, especially as you're looking to promote open water swimming? What are your, what are your kind of must haves for open water swimming? And was there anything that you're like, that didn't work. I'm going to find something else. So the, um, I mean, the nice thing about open water swimming is it's a pretty minimalist sport, right? I mean, you know, cap goggle suit, that's really all you're allowed to, to have, um, you know, all these swims, you know, no wetsuit, no, thermal cap nothing to provide buoyancy or warmth it's it's very minimalist so i mean for us it was just you know we go with a jammer style suit just because there's less sun exposure um we you know a cap that sometimes we were taken off when the water got up over 90 degrees in parts of the south and um the goggles uh we use the mostly the speedo hydrospec goggles that are soft enough um we found that like a new pair doesn't really fog. So typically for our long marathon swims, we'll just use a new pair every time. And then they become training goggles after that. Uh, we weren't using 50 pairs of goggles each on this. And no. Switch them out over, you know, after four or five swims. Um, but that's, I mean, what else, John? We don't use a whole lot. You can talk about the feeds maybe too. I mean, yeah. So um, like for as far as like the goggles, um, you know, we went with the, the Speedo, I think Hydro's, or something i can't remember what they're called but they're kind of they're kind of like softer and wider um so it's because when you're wearing your goggles and you're not taking them off for i mean some of our swims that we've done you know have been you know 18 20 hours um you know so you know because swedish goggles your your eyes would be bugging out by the end i mean that uh, growing up that's what i you know wore you know swimming um but, and, and it's also wearing your goggles loose enough so they don't, you know, or tight enough so that the water doesn't get in, but loose enough. So by the end, you know, by a couple hours in, you know, they're not hurting, um, you know, it, it's kind of that. And we found like, like just said, the speedo hydro specs, um, you know, and then again, the, the, the fogging up issue is we, 
for long, you know, our new long swims, we'll use brand new pairs of goggles because the factory um, anti-fog is, is so much better than your aftermarket or your whatever, you know, because there's nothing worse than having to keep clearing your goggles and, or not being able to see the boat when you're doing an open water swim. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it's to me on a long swim, it's $12 or whatever it is well spent for, to not have that frustration. <laughs> For, yeah. for hours on end. Yeah, what about suntan lotion and, and feeds? I mean, you just so, spent a lot of time in the sun and, and had to eat. So suntan lotion, I mean, we looked at, um, we tried to do most of our swims like before the sun exposure, you know, a morning swim and a, and a later afternoon swim when the sun exposure wasn't so, uh, or the, the, the UV index wasn't so high. Um, and there we would just use like, you know, regular regular sunscreen um, you know, to get you through that for, you know, like in the afternoon one, regular sunscreen to get you through that, you know, hour and a half until like the, the UV index was super low. Um, when we were doing swims, when the UV index was high or like middle of the day swims, um, we were using, uh, desitin extra, uh, maximum strength, uh, diaper cream because yeah, <laughs> because it has, it's about 40% zinc mm -hmm. and it does not come off. Uh -huh. Um, so again, like we've done super long swims, you know, 18, 20 hours, like that will still, it'll still be on pretty much how you put it on when you first started. Um, the, the, it's not very fun. That, that part's not very fun because it's difficult to get off. You, you have to use a, a lot of baby oil to get the diaper cream, you know, diaper, diaper cream off. And it kind of, it doesn't smell as, uh, appealing as you'd like. Like, no it's wonder the team the, can only be with you seven days at a time. I mean, it's <laughs> probably the worst part of it. I mean, it's it's like the worst. The only thing worse than putting this crap all over you is trying to take it off. And the only thing worse than that is like a bad sunburn and skin cancer. So, you know, you got to pick your poison. And uh, the last thing you want bouncing down the road in the RV is, yeah. is a sunburn. So we were taking really strong precautions there. What, all right, so what about uh, what were you guys eating though? I got to know uh, gels. What do you do? So during the swims, um, you know, it's the we do either have you know the clip shot gels or we all we and then we had water bottles with uh, Carbo, you know, uh, Carbo Pro, and which is the what are the, the supplements? Sup, yeah, basically supplements, and then uh, with mixed with some Gatorade, you know, so each of those bottles that we would have was, or each stop we would have, it would probably be like 300 calories or so, three to 400 calories. Mm -hmm. And then we would usually, we were, we usually on a long swim, we usually feed uh, like every 30 to 40 minutes. But for these ones, we were just once an hour. So we'd basically just stop for two, mm -hmm. um, you know. So we do the carbo, you know, we do the drink and then um, a gel if we wanted it and then you know, just try to eat as much real food as we could before and after the swims. Um, you know, a lot of in the RV, it was a lot of pasta, a lot of chicken and rice. We were cooking a lot of food there. Um, you know, so it was, you know, just trying to get the calories in because we were definitely getting the calories out. I lost 12 pounds. John lost 15 on the trip. So that was uh, that was a bonus. How much of that was beard? <laughs> yeah. um, if there was one of the locations that you swam in that you could go back to and that be your daily swimming uh you know training spot which one would you choose uh i would choose uh yale lake in uh washington 
Um, I think Joe talked about it a little bit earlier. So it's, it was a, a beautiful reservoir. The water was like crystal clear. The water temperature for the summer was nice. Um, huge trees along the side. And then we were swimming towards Mount St. Helen, like snow capped mountain in the, in the distance, which was, I, I thought was fabulous. Um, so yeah, I'd agree. I mean, that was our sixth swim overall and the kind of the one we measured every swim against that was good, you know, and, and it, none of them quite measured up. That was, that was, there's definitely a lot of great swims we did, but that one was early and that one was, was great. And, and man, to be able to swim there every day would be unreal. It was only about 60 miles from Portland. It was, you know, I kind of just picked it off Google earth because it was close to where we were in Portland to hit it and then get on the road to go to Idaho. And it was, yeah, it was a gem. As a physical therapist, I got to ask about, you know, injuries and recovery and things like that. You know, how obviously you guys have a long uh, history of doing marathon swims and training under your belt, obviously leading up to us, different training approaches and things like that. But how are the shoulders and everything um, feeling during all the races and as far as recovery between races? Um, so, so pretty much after for me after the you know after the first one you know i started getting you know sore um and it never really went away it never got really like much worse but like you know it was always kind of like a dull soreness like pretty much all the way across and then the interesting thing is you know most of our open water swims that we do you know you'll get a lot of soreness but then usually within 48 hours of finishing it's pretty much gone and this was this was really no no different on that um you know th thankfully like there was nothing you know like nothing out of the ordinary like no, no strains or anything like that so that was that was good on my part i, I was excited about that <laughs> i mean for me i think you know you just got sore after the first week or so is that cumulative effect of all these 10ks added up i had some little bit of problem with my left elbow just some mild tendonitis there but um overall by the last week for me i feel like i was getting stronger you know it was feeling better that last week than i did you know after the first week so last year i followed the iron cowboy james lawrence and his 101 iron distance triathlons in a row uh like there's not many people who have done these epic many days in a row sort of endurance events were, were were there any other people who embarked on something uh similar that were inspirations to you did you kind of have advice or consult with anyone like that in preparation for this no i mean for me this was an extension of swims we've done before i mean you know i used to race triathlon did ironman you know in the right out of high school and college even and um, you know, cycled quite a bit, you know I mean? So to me, the idea, this was replicating like a Grand Tour, like the Tour de France, same kind of distance and time. Um, you know, we had, um, yeah, I was aware of the Iron Cowboy, you know, it's amazing the, you know, kind of physical stress that he could withstand and get through all that. But this was really, I think our own thing as far as wanting to put together in amazing adventure and um, just knowing that, that we could pull it off and do, you know, just do what we love to do and just kind of hit each swim and take each day as it comes. I think um, <clears throat> we should have mentioned this at the beginning, but, you know, you set a goal of raising $10,000 uh, 
uh, and through USA Swimming Foundation, it looks like today, the latest, you're, you're achieved that goal and beyond it. Um, can you talk a little bit about just the inspiration for, uh, you know, the, the purpose and the cause behind uh, what's inspired you guys to, to take on this challenge? Yeah, I think, you know, we just definitely wanted this to be about something bigger than ourselves. We realized that how much help we were getting from crew and, you know, other support as we go through this. So we really wanted to benefit someone. I mean, the USA Swimming Foundation just seemed like the natural fit. I mean, we've both been part of USA Swimming our whole lives. I mean, I swam for, through high school and college, started a swim team out of college, you know, been at that 20 years now. Uh, so we've done swimathons with the team, but just really impressed with that USA Swimming Foundation mission of saving lives and building champions dovetails nicely with what we're doing. We have, we work with some uh, groups in Arizona with water safety and drowning prevention. That's what kind of kept us in the game with open water swimming is this coming year will be our 17th year of putting together a swim for kids that's uh, from Alcatraz to San Francisco. And then the next day we swim across the Golden Gate Bridge. So that's, uh, we had a hundred doing it last year. We were full last year, uh, but we have people mostly from our club team swim Neptune, but also from across Arizona, across the country of people jumping in that swim with us. And, you know, we train the kids for it. It's a mile and a half, San Francisco. And then the next day we go out on boat, you know, swim across the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's, well, that one's a little shorter, about 1.2 miles, but it's amazing. And each year we raise money for uh, drowning prevention, water safety programs, mostly focused in Arizona. Um, but with this, it was like going to be a nationwide effort. So what better uh, you know, partner than the USA Swimming Foundation that does this amazing stuff from coast to coast. Wow, incredible! Um, what's uh, having having completed this? Uh, what what's next? Are you settling back into uh, you know that um, you know focusing on the San Francisco open water swims, uh, or you know what is something like this in the future? Are you going to do a hundred next time? <laughs> <laughs> Every country. <laughs> Yeah, we have some uh, just some uh, our, some of our longer open water swims coming up. We have a around New York uh, next month. Um, this one we're going cl clockwise instead of counterclockwise. Um, oh, around Manhattan. That's yeah, around Manhattan. Oh. Yeah, so the the counterclockwise is you get better currents when we're going the other way. Um, and then we're doing a, a marathon swim in DC, uh, in the Potomac. It's about 20 miles from chain bridge to Mount Vernon. So we're doing that DC marathon swim. And then, uh, this winter, um, we're, we, we take this whole idea of extreme swimming kind of to a, uh, extent extreme. Maybe a conversation for a different day, but, uh, we're also involved with, with ice swimming. Um, so. We do, I've swum the ice mile before, which is a mile under 40 degrees, no wetsuit, just standard swimming. And I'm putting helping put the team together to go to the World Ice Swimming Championships in January. So if you've ever been at a master's meet, it's, it's not the ice mile, it's like your typical swimming events, 50 free, 100 free, 100 IM, 50 fly. But if you've ever been at a master's meet and thought this would be a lot better if the water was 45 degrees colder, do I have an opportunity for you? We're going <laughs> to Worlds in France in January for the ice International Ice Swimming Association World Championship. So. Brian's your man. He loves yeah, cold yeah, water. Yeah, I can tell you that. He loves cold water. I, I was gonna say you guys are sprinters, so this might uh, this might fit right in for you. 
I'm getting nothing would motivate me more to get out of 40 degree water than to just change the past. <laughs> drive a hard bargain. I don't know how I can turn that down. <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't want to go to to the the Alps in uh, in France? Sounds like no, fun to me. No better way to prove to people that you're crazy, or rather, <laughs> just that you're really tough. Um, I think it's so fun to talk to people who live a life. Uh, taking on really tough challenges. So I, I really personally just appreciate, you know, what you guys have taken on and, and what that does for, you know, me personally, but also other people who, you know, are think about maybe one day I could, and they just need that little nudge to get over the edge. And here you guys are brothers having gone through you know, a lot of life experiences together, but one that might drive a lot of people apart. And yet here you've emerged with an inspiring story for, uh, you know, all the rest of us in the swimming community or those who haven't even taken up swimming before and go, well, you know what, I can do it. So, uh, you know, well done. And, and thanks so much to you for the inspiration. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. So, um, <clears throat> just give us where where can people follow you, or is the Swim Brothers, uh, you know, accounts uh, con continuing in your future endeavors, or, or where can people keep up? Yeah, they can keep up with us at Swim Brothers USA on Instagram and Facebook. We are um, we're building a website, swimbrothers.com. You know, it's pretty basic right now, but we're trying to um, flesh that out a little bit more to just you know kind of be a resource for open water too. We want to kind of. He said, with, with this, we want to put all our data out there so people want to do these swims, they can they can replicate them. And, um, you know, we've got some big plans for the future uh, and, you know, hopefully chronicle all this coming forward. It's, it's definitely not going to be this same thing no. again because the, the running <laughs> joke was like, well, next year we'll know to do this or to do that when, um, you know, it, it was took way too long and cost way too much money to like do it again but yeah. i definitely want to do something like that that's different something that's just as much fun and just as adventurous but uh some different venues and some different uh, ways of looking at swimming but anytime you can kind of just set a goal in any area of your life and then kind of focus on it single-mindedly and and um make progress towards it and then you know just love it when a plan comes together and everything you know, works out to give us a great experience and something to share with the broader community. Love that. Thanks so much, John and Joe. Appreciate the inspiration and for the time today. And hey, we'll look forward to seeing you in a few weeks in Arkansas at the Oz Mile Swim. So right, we'll see if we can right. make it there. Sounds we'll good. Soon. Cheers. Later, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.